Welcome back, fans, friends, and folks, whoever is out there. We have a lot going on on Locked On NFL today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We have Colts news. We have Ravens news. We have games that are actually being played, and you guys don't have to sit through just me today. You get to meet Tyler Rowland. You're going to enjoy the heck out of this show. We're coming at you now, Locked On NFL. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ryan, thank you so much for letting me join here on the Thursday edition of the Locked On NFL podcast. Very excited to uh to meet up with you every single week here throughout the football season. And as you said, there's a lot of news to get into, so I'm not going to spend a bunch of time with my slight introduction there. Let's dive into all of this football talk. And first, the biggest headline of the day on Wednesday was the Indianapolis Colts, and for multiple reasons. So started off in the morning, we saw two big extensions in the front office, one with general manager Chris Ballard, who got an extension to 2026, and that was combined with an extension for head coach Frank Reich till 2026. So both of those guys extended. Obviously, owner Jim Ursay is very happy with what's going on in Indianapolis, and uh, there's a lot of love for the combination of Ballard and Reich out there right now. I do want to point out, though, that Chris Ballard is 32 and 32 in his four years and one and two in the playoffs. So I'll come out with a little hot take. I don't know if the the media and public love for Ballard is quite as deserved as some would say, but they definitely have a really solid roster there in Indianapolis. And Frank Reich has done a good job with what he's had to work with. So seems like those extensions are deserved in Indianapolis. Yeah, I like that they did it. I like that they're tied together. Um, I will say this. I think Chris Ballard is one of the top three GMs in this league. And I think the retirement of Andrew Luck and having been able to survive mm -hmm. that yeah. says all that I need to know about Chris Ballard and his staff. He has a heck of a staff, I got to tell mm -hmm. you. Not only are they numerous, but they're spread out and they attack everything from every angle. Their analytics department is one of the best in the league. I think yeah. that's important too. And now that you have Frank tied to him, not just in a, in a haphazard kind of way, but literally tied at the hip. I think that makes that unit a lot stronger. I don't know if you're happy if you're the rest of the AFC South, but. I think if you're a Colts fan, you got to be pretty pumped about this. Well, the way that I view it is while you have Frank Reich and Chris Ballard as your head coach GM combination, I think that just has the Colts have a higher floor than most other teams in the NFL because of how solid of a job you're going to get from their GM and their coach every single year. It's a consistency thing. You can count on them. Now, it may not be a, a ton of home runs all the time. Like the Colts aren't going to go out and spend a bunch in free agency and things like that. But you know, from my perspective, with the new 17-game schedule, I don't see the Colts losing more than maybe nine games. If they lost 10 games in a season, I think that would be a little bit of a surprise. So I don't know if you're going to get high-end, high-level teams with the way that Ballard likes to build out his roster, but I think you're always going to have a consistent high floor for the Colts, and they're always going to be competing for a playoff spot. And from an owner's perspective, only one team wins every year. And if you're Jim Ursay, you're happy with having a competitive football team out on the field every single season with those guys. So I think that probably has a lot to do with it. But Ryan, that wasn't the only 
Colts news of the day. We also got uh, some injury updates. As most people probably know, star left guard Quentin Nelson and newly acquired quarterback Carson Wentz, who is hopefully going to fix that Andrew Luck problem for GM Chris Ballard, right? Uh, they also appear to be ahead of schedule in terms of their injuries. We got that vague timeline for their foot injuries, five to 12 weeks. Well, Carson Wentz was out on the practice field on Wednesday without a boot, wearing a red jersey, being involved in practice. Similarly, Quentin Nelson, same thing, not a boot out there. And reports are coming out of Indianapolis that the Colts expect them to be back much earlier on that timeline and possibly maybe even ready for week one. That's a tad optimistic, but just the fact that that's a possibility for the Colts right now after the rough stretch that they've had in the news, I think that's obviously very newsworthy because the Colts have a very difficult five-game stretch to open up the season, and they're going to need their best players out on the field if they want to survive that. I think you're being super kind that that's optimistic, <laughs> um, but good for them. You know, this is this is an injury that I think can plague both of them. Quite frankly, nothing against Carson in his game. I don't think it's based on athleticism. I think mm -hmm. the, the foundation that Quentin Nelson plays with is more important. So I'm more mm -hmm. concerned about a 300-plus pound lineman coming back from that injury. But again, like you said, this is a positive sign forward. And I think Wentz, if, if he's able to play and he's able to start the season like they had hoped from the beginning, that ties him into that two-man combination with the extensions. And that triangle is what's going to move this going forward. I do feel like the Colts have been really, like you said, foundational, but it's about that top end piece. It's about getting the quarterback play, and that's what can take them forward. I think there's some interesting targets. I don't know how you feel about the supporting cast, but I think this is something that can work for them. Yeah, I mean, from my perspective, talking Colts offense, obviously having such a great offensive line in that run game, that's part of like the the high the high floor that I was talking about. Carson Wentz doesn't have to be 2017 Carson Wentz for them to have a great season. Now, a lot of people are very high on the wide receiver core in Indianapolis. I have my skepticism. T.Y. Hilton, some reports coming out of camp are that, you know, he he may in fact be at the, at the very end of his career. Not a lot of bursts there, but T.Y. Hilton's a longtime vet. I wouldn't be surprised to see him be productive. Michael Pittman Jr. is expected to take a big leap, but there's a ton of guys throughout the NFL that have been expected to take that leap that just didn't. Paris Campbell, I think, is a solid player, but I don't see him as any kind of breakout NFL slot star or anything like that. So uh, with the tight end group, they're reliable with Doyle, Mo Alley-Cox, but that's not a lot of top-end talent either. I think Frank Reich is definitely going to be the guy who has to elevate this offense and get Carson Wentz back on track to do that. But that's a lot of Indianapolis Colts news and all of it being very, very optimistic. The next team and the next set of news we're going to talk about, not quite as optimistic. We are going to talk some Ravens rookie injuries. But before we get into that, do want to tell you guys about our sponsor, rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving online customers for over 20 years. You can go to rockauto.com right now. Their online catalog, super easy to use, super easy to navigate. You can see all the brand specifications and best of all, all of the prices that you prefer. One thing I didn't know about chain auto parts stores is they can actually charge you different prices based on whether you're a professional mechanic or a do-it-yourselfer. You're never going to have that happen at rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck. And when you check out, make sure you write locked on. That's one word locked on in the how did you hear about us box 
right underneath your shipping information so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I just thought I'd check because my truck needs pieces right at the moment. So, yeah, we're going to get into that. That's a whole different <laughs> show, folks. We'll get to that somewhere else. Like you said, there is a, a flip side to this coin that we're seeing from Indianapolis, and it happens to be landing in Baltimore. Uh, this is a rookie class that is now under siege, and you have to be concerned. The biggest news, I think, you tell me what you put in priority, but Rashad Bateman's injury, I think, is got to be the main concern, right? Yeah, I, I think at this moment in time, that's probably the number one concern. There is so much attention and such a big spotlight on the Ravens passing game. And a lot of the blame has been given to the pass catchers, which I think is fair. I think the blame could be shared between the coordinator, Lar Jackson skill set, and the wide receiver group. But either way, the wide receiver group seems to get the most public ire out of those three parties. So with Rashad Bateman, the rave reviews he's been getting out of camp for what he was going to add to their offense, I think Rashad Bateman's injury is definitely the most notable. But I do want to say, uh, Adafe Owe, his injury as an edge rusher, I think that could be very impactful. The Ravens lost a few guys on the edge this offseason, like a Matt Judon. They're expecting big seasons from a guy like Tyus Bowser. But as you know, Ryan, depth, at pass rush is critical in the playoffs. And if Owe gets off to a slow start, he is a rookie that could impact the rest of the season. Who knows? It does seem to be um, something that's not going to be season ending or anything super significant, but any time in training camp or preseason that a rookie misses definitely will have an impact. So I think that would probably be number two in terms of importance and noteworthy injuries from Ravens camp. Yeah, I, I have to agree that that would be my second concern as well. And in the run-up to the draft, there was concern about production, um, not a guy that has the most experience there. This was a critical time for him. This camp is going to make or break away, at least in his rookie season. He'll mm -hmm. come on towards the end especially. But I think it's the longevity of, of practices and games missed that's really going to hurt him. The athleticism is undeniable. Yeah. But the, the departure, I think, of Judon is one thing that has been underrated in mm -hmm. this particular offseason for the Ravens. Mm -hmm. I question whether they're going to be able to, to have that backbone that can support Lamar, uh, making some adjustments himself, nor right. or Brown, obviously the pass catchers. I think the guy that, that stands to really be a foundational piece to help them through this process and however long these injuries go is Dobbins. I like his game. I think they can take advantage of his skill set, and maybe they become a little bit more of what they've been and go a little bit run heavy to begin with. Yeah, well, I think it's good to have a fallback plan at all times. And when you have a, a decent offensive line, even with the loss of Orlando Brown, you have two good running backs. I mean, they gave Gus the bus, Gus Edwards, a, a pretty sizable extension. $5 million a year for a running back in the NFL is good money. I mean, make no mistake about it. It sounds low, but that's really good money. And that means that they believe in Gus Edwards. Obviously, Dobbins has gotten those rave reviews out of camp too, which you always take with a grain of salt. But that was expected coming out of his rookie year. We saw those flashes last year. So if you know that your wide receivers like Marquise Brown, I refuse to call him Hollywood Brown. If anything, he's Hollywood, Florida Brown right now. Uh, uh, so no offense, uh, Floridians. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, just, you know, it's a simple comparison there. But uh, Hollywood, Florida Brown, I think with him having some injury concerns in the preseason and now the Bateman injury, it could set that Ravens passing attack that they were looking to evolve. It could set that evolution back a little bit timing-wise. 
But like I said, it's always good to have that run game, that foundation with Lamar that you can always fall back on and then kind of work through the season to improve that passing game. Because like I said, all the blame was, or a lot of the blame was placed on the fact that the wide receiver group wasn't up to par for what Lamar needed. So as those guys get healthy and that receiver group gets up to par, maybe that will allow them to evolve mid-season. But it's going to be hard to do with a lot of young wide receivers. But again, you got that run game. You might have that same defense you can count on. The Ravens are right. going to be a good football team. That That's what we know. Well, and, and the guy, if you're somebody interested in fantasy, I only play dynasty leagues, but it's mm. Andrews to me that becomes the focal point in the pass yeah. game now. So grab him as soon as you can. Do you see somebody else on the horizon? Well, that actually really hurts my soul because I, I am also in a dynasty league and I happen to trade Mark oh. Andrews uh, in some moves this offseason. So that does hurt. But I mean, right now, I, I'm with you. I, I, I don't see how he isn't the number one option. I don't see a lot of options outside the two guys we talked about at wide receiver who are going to be difference makers for this team in the passing game. So I, I personally am with you there. They need to do whatever they have to do to keep Mark Andrews healthy. And his workload is going to be increased even more than it was previously. But those two rookies we talked about actually aren't the only rookies that got hurt for the Ravens in practice today. Rookie guard Ben Cleveland also went off the practice field. And then defensive lineman Dalen Hayes as well, also injured. So just an absolute nightmare for the Ravens right now with their rookie class, but it's all health related. You get these guys back healthy and I'm sure that they'll find a way to make an impact. It always seems like the Ravens have some rookies that make a, a pretty significant impact on the season. So uh, not time to completely panic, but definitely not the news that you want to hear coming out of Baltimore. No, like I, I'm pulling for Ben Cleveland. I, I think he's somebody yeah. that can help them up front. Uh, and Dalen Hayes, a little bit older of a prospect, but a captain at Notre Dame, a guy that I, I was really pulling for in the draft. They all have parts to play, and they have to get them back. Parts is exactly what you need when you want to take a look at a lineup and maybe put some action down over at betonline.ag. It's the fastest and easiest way to get that done. Whether it's prop bets, I might take part in some of those. Definitely some games on the line. You guys can go over there and bet it all, even other sports, although at this time of year, no other sport exists to me, so it really doesn't matter. But it doesn't matter. Laptop, phone, whatever you need, get in there. Don't sit on the sidelines. It's your time to get your money in the action. Head to the website, and in that spot where they give you a promo code, ours is locked on. Put that there. You get 50% bonus deposit on top of what you put down. At our pals, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. And that brings us to actual football. Man, I don't count the Hall of Fame game. Sorry. I never do. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, but we got Thursday games. We have Friday games. I think we should concentrate on the Thursdays. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, those games are kicking off tonight, and I'm kind of with you. The Hall of Fame game has a little bit of a different feel to it than even a normal preseason game. It's more of a celebration almost than an actual football game. But, you know, a lot of these guys, especially for a guy like me, a guy like you, Ryan, who we do pay attention to draft prospects and try to dive into that element of the season. I get really excited for preseason games because you get to see all of these guys who you talked about throughout the draft process, who you scouted, watched film on. So very excited to see some of the players on these different teams. And like you said, we have games tonight. The first game, the Washington football team heading to New England to take on the Patriots. And what are some key things or just some, some things that you're looking for in that game? For me, I, nothing goes farther than watching the progression in year two of Chase Young. 
Is he about to become the manimal that he looks like he should be? Uh, I tend to think yes, but I, I want to see it on paper, right? And this is just the first preseason game. So if you don't see more than a couple of series from him, I don't think it's the end of the world. But I want to see that pick up right from where it left off and really take that next step forward. I think this is, especially for a defensive lineman, maybe the best time to make a leap is between your, your first and second seasons. Thankfully, we had OTAs. I feel for everybody who's now a second-year player that, that didn't have that last season. So let's see what they can make up. Um, I'm optimistic in general on the – I can't. it's troublesome to say football team. But I, I, I'm optimistic for them moving forward. How do you feel about them? Uh, you know, I. it's kind of a situation where I don't think that they have any real prospects to do anything in the playoffs. I think that the ceiling for the football team right now is a, is a first-round exit. I mean, maybe maybe they could win a wild-card game. I guess that that's possible with that defense. The defensive line can really take away a lot of problems that you have. But for me, with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, I think he's going to keep you afloat, but he doesn't give you the, the high ceiling that you need to be a championship contender. Quite frankly, with Dak's struggles in Dallas with you know, his health already this early and the giant something in the water just isn't right with the New York Giants, in my opinion, all the retirements, Joe Judge is being an overbearing guy. I know that's what they wanted there, but just something doesn't seem right with the Daniel Jones, Joe Judge, New York Giants to me, just a feeling I have. And then the Eagles, I like Jalen Hurts in general, but I don't think that he's ready to lead this team to a playoff spot. So for me, if I'm the Washington football team or their fans, I'm excited for the season because you're going to have a good team. But I don't know if they can go to the heights that maybe some other division winners have the chance to do. Now, talking about the Washington football team, you mentioned that defensive line and Chase Young. I'm interested to see some of these rookies play. A guy like Sam Cosme coming out of Texas Big athletic guy, needs to kind of work on the fundamentals, hand placement, footwork, things like that. Can he evolve? He had all the talent in the world when he was in college. So can they get him into a place where maybe he can be the long-time left tackle taking over for Trent Williams? Also, they had Jamin Davis as a first-round rookie. I think he could have a big impact. And then I always loved wide receiver Daimi Brown out of North Carolina. Love to see what he has. On the flip side, though, with New England, obviously you want to see Mac Jones. That's what I'm most interested in, how he looks out there, rookie quarterback. Is there anything else from the New England side that you're interested in seeing? I, I, it's funny that you mentioned that. So do you think that this is a precursor towards Mac being the quarterback? I mean, there's an older guy out there that might have something to say about it. Right. No, I I don't think so. I, I think that Cam Newton, and it's just the way that, that Belichick has spoken about Cam Newton. He even made excuses for him last year that, you know, he was learning the system. He had COVID. And when Belichick is making excuses for you, I tend to call those reasons. So <laughs> I think that that's a sign that Belichick is – going to go with Cam Newton and Mac Jones. Personally, I don't think has the, when you're a rookie quarterback, think about Justin Fields or Trey Lance, you maybe don't have the offense down and all of that, but you have your natural athleticism to still be able to contribute and make plays for your team. Kind of like a Jalen Hurts. Mac Jones doesn't give you that. He needs to have mastery of the system, totally understand everything that's going on so that he can process things, diagnose things, and get the ball out quickly so that he doesn't have to use that lack of athleticism that is well-documented. So considering what it would take for Mac Jones to play his best, I don't think it would make sense for him to be the starter anytime this year unless things go really, really bad. And quite frankly, with all the money that the Patriots spent, if things go really bad, I would, I would be pretty shocked. 
Yeah, yeah. You got to cross your fingers if you're a New England fan, but we'll see what happens. Circumstances change all the time. I, I my only thing, I, I'm not sure if they have been able to grow Sam Cosby's arms. I think that's the one thing that might be a little <laughs> right. bit of a concern. Love his feet. Not so sure about from the shoulder down. We'll see what happens there. One other note, folks: if you're a Washington Football Team fan. You have a quarterback that's going to be all over television this year. Alex Smith has signed a contract. He's going to be with ESPN, so enjoy that. I think this might be the pinnacle of his career. Nothing against mm-hmm. his football accomplishments, but his ability right. to communicate the game I think is going to be interesting. Communication is sometimes a problem over in Pittsburgh, and they have a game coming up as well. Yeah. I think this is going to become the uh, the Jalen Hurts uh, optimism hour here coming this mm-hmm. season. Because I like what he brings. I don't know that he has the support. I think he might have been a season coach away from being able to take a step. But then you you face Ross Roethlisberger, who on the downside is being nice. I think. Yeah. This is fair. this is a game I think about the running game. I want to see more Harrison and see what he can get going. To tell you the truth. Well, I think I think I agree with you there. It's about, but for me, it's it's the revamped offensive line. For Pittsburgh, I think that's the the one thing that we have to pay attention to. They they've changed around a lot of places and they moved around a lot of guys, added new pieces there. That offensive line has been pretty consistent throughout the last decade for the Steelers. And like I talked about with the Colts, when you have a good offensive line, that gives you a decent floor to every season that you go into. So if the Steelers can still have some semblance of success, like they did with their previous versions of their offensive line. Ben does look in better shape than he did last year. I hate to be, you know, the uh, the armchair body doctor here, but he does look like he's in better shape. And if he can play with a chip on his shoulder and less chips in his mouth, then he might be able to get this Steelers team to play more consistently throughout the whole year. I think people forget they were 12-0 and last year, 11-0. and So mm-hmm. it's not like this team is bad and a lot of the defense is back. I don't, uh, Bud Dupree signed with Tennessee. I don't think it's a monster loss for the Steelers because the other guys on the D-line, Tewitt, Hayward, Watt, are going to do more of the heavy lifting. But if the Steelers can have that offensive line be consistent still, then I think that will allow them to still hit some of the heights that they're hoping to. On the Eagles side, like you said, the Jalen Hurts optimism hour, how does that offense look? They still have a solid offensive line as well, dealing with some injuries. Left tackle Andre Dillard is probably not going to play in this game, is experiencing some injury issues throughout camp. So whether or not the Eagles are able to get that dominant offensive line back to health and back together will really determine how they play this season. But from a a preseason game standpoint, I'm interested to see some guys like Kenny Gainwell. I think he could be a, a pretty exciting running back. I know there's a lot of competition there in the running back room in Philadelphia, but I like Gainwell coming out of college and Devonta Smith, Don't think that he's probably going to play in this game, but what are the other wide receivers on the Eagles do? They added Smith, but I still think that's a pretty shallow position group if you look at the wide receiver groups around the NFL. So outside of Foljum, who is going to step up for them? Rager has been dealing with some injury issues as well. Who's going to step up outside Devontae Smith to to be a a good threat for Jalen Hurts in the passing game? Um, I think like we talked about earlier, this comes back to the tight end, right? This is Goddard. Ertz, Goddard, Ertz. Yep, they're going to need uh, Arcega Whiteside. I don't know. Maybe so. Maybe so. Yeah, I think like we talked about with the Ravens and Mark Andrews, with the lack of consistency at wide receiver for the Eagles and relying on so many young guys who haven't proved that they can stay healthy right now, I think that's obviously going to put the onus on the tight end. It's probably a good thing that they didn't trade Zach Ertz, considering what we're seeing in camp right now. I know they wanted to do that 
But having Zach Ertz out there, even at the end of his career, I still think it's going to be more helpful helpful for Jalen Hurts than if he weren't there and they had an extra draft pick. Draft picks can't make catches. <laughs> That's absolutely true. Although Devonta Smith can. And my last question for you, I sure. want your opinion on this. We've not spoken about this off air. So Sirianni is a question mark, I think. I think there's a lot of confidence in him, and that's probably well-earned. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens when the actual pads come on. And I'm not talking about tonight. I'm talking about week one and so on. Do you think that the Hertz-Smith combination, having a rapport from years past, is going to help them both get with their coach and get that offense in gear? I, I don't necessarily know. Because the way that I see it, Hertz, you know, Hertz left Alabama – for a time, and I know that they did play together, but there's been quite a few years, at least two or three years removed from when they actually played together. So I don't know if there's going to be much carry over there in terms of chemistry. I think that's going to need to be established during camp and with Smith being hurt, you know, that that's not really a possibility for them right now. So I don't really think there's going to be much carry over just because of the time since that chemistry was actually, actually formed. Now, personality-wise, I think things are always more smooth that people get along. I think mm -hmm. th that's important. That's why the show is running so smoothly, Ryan, you know. But uh, so so I think that can help them develop new chemistry, but I don't think there's going to be a lot of carry. And as we know, the NFL game and not being at Alabama and having everything so tailored perfectly, I, I think that also contributes. They're going to have to develop new chemistry and NFL chemistry. I don't know if it's going to help so much that they played together a few years ago. Well, we're going to find out tonight, folks. Hope you are we ready will. for some actual football. We appreciate you taking the time. Tyler, first show down. I thought it went pretty good. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, baptism by fire, jumped in here, ready to go. But uh, yeah, smooth sailing. And again, so excited to have the opportunity to talk NFL every single Thursday with you here on the Locked On NFL Podcast. Ryan, uh, just ready for the season. Thank you so much and uh, ready to talk some ball with all of you guys. Rock on. I'm pumped for it, folks. You will see us next Thursday. Q and Chris are coming at you tomorrow. Enjoy the weekend. We'll be back with more training camp. Thank you for watching, checking us out on YouTube. If you didn't sub or subscribe yet, go do that. That always helps. Smash the buttons. Smash. I always forget smash for some smash reason. Smash the uh, buttons, people. But we love you, iTunes and Pod, uh, Spotify, all you guys that are listening. Thank you very much. Uh, we appreciate you listening today. <laughs> the guys will talk to you tomorrow.